Okay. Start it off. Yes. So you've been fostering in the fostering diocese. Started as fostering. Yeah. But now I own four dogs, so. You have four dogs? Yeah. Where are they? Right now they're across town because my man's at a recording studio. Uh-huh. And he brought three of them there, so just my one dog is here. What a little wait. What does he do? He's a musician. Musician. Yeah. Um, Like uh, instruments or singing or? He's a songwriter. He sings. He can play all the instruments. So oh. he's just an all-around musician. Yeah. Yeah. What got you into fostering? Posts online or were you involved with the shelter? Yeah, I saw a post, just like a random post one day for this white dog, Leroy, four years ago. And he was on death's door. He had pneumonia. Actually, no, they just said he had kennel cough, but they were going to euthanize him. What's kennel cough? It's a essentially an influenza that all the dogs get at the shelter if they're there for more than a week yeah. because everybody gets it, essentially. Uh-huh. So he he was six or five and a half pounds when I got him. Now he's 13 pounds. Mm. And he was like, they said he was seven to 10 years old. So he was just like a skinny spine. He was a spine. He like had no weight, oh, yeah, yeah. no meat on him at all. And I took him home and I had him in a crate and I was babying him for it to get well. And was, he just had so much snot in his face and he couldn't breathe. He was constantly... Like, Trying to, you know, and uh-huh. I was like, oh my, I told, I texted the rescue. I'm like, I don't think this dog is going to live through the night. I have to take him to the vet. Yeah. And it was right before Christmas. So I took him to an emergency vet, dropped him off. They kept him the weekend. I got him back Christmas Eve. And when I walked in, he was just jumping up on me like crazy. And they were like, that's your foster dog? And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, he really likes you. But I had only had him for two days before I took him to the vet. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then he loved me so much, and then I nursed him. Then he, he, he got neutered. They, you know, they gave him to me unneutered and I let him recover, and then I had to take him to his first foster adoption event. Mm-hmm. And I was crying, and there was like 12 dogs there, and him and another dog were the only dogs that weren't adopted. <laughs> so I got to pick him back up, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep this dog. <laughs> so he's my third dog. I had a kitten that I fostered. I drove like an hour to go pick up this. It's next door. Yeah. Always posting about animals. Totally. I had to take a break after this, after this incident. Uh, there was like a kitten who was in like a very dangerous situation and it just wasn't good. In the area, there were like a lot of stray cats around. So my, I would assume that if I didn't pick up that six month old kitten, then it would just be, you know, free to go and out in the be wild. Be feral. And that's, yeah, be feral. The, I picked the kitten up and the owner was like, it was like the sorry there's like thing happened he got like into the rats the owner got into the rats the the kitten got in, got into the rats and it was like what are you talking about how could you let that happen so he would scratch on his nose and on his ears mm-hmm. and i took him home and violated my lease agreement by having three animals in my apartment and i got him socialized with humans and and my other cats they like took care of him they weren't, uh, they were very, you know, accepting. And uh, I, I took the took him to the vet and dropped $800 on, um, I did eardrops and eye drops twice a day for two weeks. And then my... There was no rescue involved. It was just all you doing it on your own. It was just me taking, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told my parents about it and they were like, no, you need to stop this. You need to take and so, but I got him all, I got him all, and like I named him and I was like, I want to keep him forever. And then I sobbed for two days, dropped him off Where at a shelter. 
at the same mm-hmm. it was at the same shelter that uh that I got my kittens from and I was just crying like handing like handing him over but I've seen like all the other cats at that shelter and they're like feral kittens my in and there were always a lot of people looking for kittens when we were there so my dream was like oh he probably got adopted easily just because of how fine he was with everything you didn't check up but it was horrible I I I always said I would but then I never did because I was I don't know I never went I never went back to check it out but I think I got him into a program that the super friendly cats are in where I got my kittens from Mm. like a side program they take him somewhere they take the cats somewhere else and um, some pet shops maybe to uh it was like at the it was at some mall i forget which mall it was it was i don't know very nice when you when you drop off an animal you get an intake number with with him and then you can always call and check up on him (laughs) i wonder if he's still that this was a year ago and but they can tell you what happened you could if you still have the paperwork they gave you when you handed him over they didn't give me any paperwork they didn't give you a, a sheet of paper i signed a sheet of paper surrendering Right. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't giving anything to take with me. I like handed them all the medical records and everything. They seemed happy with me, but that was very sad. What shelter was it? It was the West LA, West LA shelter. Well, that has a very low euthanasia rate, actually. Yeah? Throughout, yeah. They have a lot of dogs. So um, the controller, Kevin Miha, if I pronounce his last name correctly. Kenneth, sorry, Kenneth is great. He puts out a report on the L.A. city shelters, their euthanasia rate, their intake rate, all that stuff you can see in charts. And West L.A. is actually uh, not that high of a kill, and neither is Aurora Hills. Agora Hills. (laughs) Agora Hills is an incredible model for the rest of the county and probably the state because they get people involved, they have volunteers, they have extremely low euthanasia rate that they're like one one that maybe only euthanizes if the dogs are really sick kind of thing yeah i was worried about that a lot of people in the in the country believe that all shelters only kill very behavioral or very sick dogs and it's just not the case they kill puppies they kill pregnant mothers they kill eight-month-old two-year-olds that are healthy adoptable dogs and they say they do it for space Instead of being solutionary with spay and neuter laws, suspending breeder licenses, or dispersing dogs to shelters maybe out of state that have plenty of room, like ones in Oregon and Washington, hmm. they just they put, they put a moratorium on um, on breeder licenses back in uh, back in uh, it was October October I think oh yeah but that was not before they handed out over more than two thousand of them. Two thousand of them, and what over two over two thousand like licenses, like that, in the in the, year. in the in the twenty twenty three. Yeah, and then they and then they just like suspended, and they're saying they're going to do that until shelters are down to like seventy five percent. But they also need to incentivize people. I mean, I I do. It's not like I like a snitch, but if somebody is continues to breed because there's there's people with the licenses let's say you know in the last 5 years they handed out over 20,000 breeder licenses in LA county alone mm-hmm. so then there's probably twice that amount that are backyard breeding without a license people that don't bother getting in the license cuz actually why bother cuz there's no oversight anyway nobody's doing anything they kind of don't need to get a license mm-hmm. so i'm going to say there's probably 40,000 people breeding 
So you, you incentivize people and you say, if you know that somebody's breeding, you get a $5,000 reward. We are going to fine the breeder $10,000. And the other 5000 is going into spay and neuter programs. Because otherwise, people are just going to keep breeding. You don't just say, oh, we're suspending licenses. They're going to say, you have no oversight. You don't care. We're going to keep going anyway. Because other countries, like New Zealand, tried to suspend breeder licenses, did nothing. There was like literally no change. It's not like they can find people breeding. That's why without snitching. That's why you incentivize the public. If you know a breeder is breeding, you get five grand. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, for plenty of plenty of people. You know, that's what they did with abortion in Texas, like that, like snitching for that. And I think, and I think Gavin Newsom did the same thing here with guns, some sort of illegal firearms, or at least he tried to. So these things are possible, like they can do it. Yeah, but it's just it's just getting solutionary. Here's the article of this woman. It's like implementing. You have to actually care about animals, and it seems like the people in charge are not caring at all. No, lining their pockets. Somehow, I mean, I told you the head of animal services makes more than the governor. Actually, I think twice as much. Yeah. Her salary is 400 and something thousand a year. 400,000? 410,000, something like that. For what? And she's not even doing her job? That's ridiculous. Animal processing more than animal care? I want to find this quote. Um, Maybe it's the same person you're talking about. Where is it? Okay. So the LA County, LA County, um, Marcia Maeda, if I'm pronouncing that right, director of the county Department of Animal Care and Control, advised against um, putting a moratorium on breeder licenses, saying saying that litters from breeders are not driving shelter intakes. But we have 3,300 a month going Somebody to shelter. lining her pocket to yeah. say that because they're making money. I don't know there. what. I don't. I don't have the answer because I don't. <laughs> but there's something going on because that makes zero sense. And people need to be like, call bullshit. Yeah. And it's our money that's paying for it. Yeah. They're all getting it. Yep. And they're not solving the problem. And then we have the whole homeless people issue, which is they're like, oh, there's 70,000 homeless people, uh, which I don't believe at all. I feel like that number is much higher. Definitely. In the greater LA, like, Area, I would think 150,000. That's my guess, like 150,000. I mean, at least over 100. I don't think it's 70. I think it's definitely more than that. Yeah. It's embarrassing. During COVID, I think it was like 2022 or one in Beverly Hills at the Veterans Hall. There's a big Veterans Hall there with a huge park in front of it. It was just completely filled with tents. And they gave, they're all vets. Instead of giving those vets homes, They handed them all huge American flags to hang on their tents. So here you are driving in Beverly Hills, one of the most affluent zip codes in the country. And you have this huge park filled with homeless vets living in tents. But hey, look, they gave us an American flag to hang on the tent. It was so embarrassing. I'm like, (laughs) did they think that looks good? That looks terrible. Terrible. This is America, all strung out in a park with no place to it's bad. Like, like who's who's clapping at this? Who thinks this is good? <laughs> Who, and or who's believing it? Or if the if an official says no, this is good, and then there's the people who don't think and are like, okay, they said it's good, yay! At least they have a tent, a safe place to be. Didn't they? They were doing. Uh, I think I drove by what you're talking about like last year, 
or something. And then they like cleaned it all up and kicked all the people out of that it's part. Just, that was the no. same. I don't know what ended up happening with them. <clears throat> I mean, I'd like to think they they had a, got a solution and got some housing of some sort, but yeah. I doubt it. They're probably like, okay, time to go. No one them. There's some in the government. Yeah. I've seen like on, I watch like the local news because I want to, you know, know what's kind of know what's going on, like KTLA mm. and just, um, I don't know, spectrums, like spectrum news and just whatnot. They have, I've seen like homeless, like places for homeless people to go with like, um, I don't know, kind of like white shacks, kind of. Like, oh, the tiny any, house situation. The tiny houses, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then that's such a limited thing that they can do. That's the other problem. The problem, like, with shelters is no one wants to live next to a homeless shelter. And the places that they, I mean, it's the tiny house situation. I mean, it also has its negatives. Like, is the family going to feel safe in there? No. Women by themselves? No. So, or anybody. I mean, men can be raped and robbed and people deny that... They think, oh, no, they're looking out for us. There's actually something dark in the world that's that seems to be, well, I guess it's not winning, but it's it's well-balanced. So for all the good, it seems like there's a lot of evil, too. Mm-hmm. And our government can't even take care of shelter dogs, let alone homeless or maybe across the spectrum. I think we're all just getting fooled, and they're lining their pocket. Yeah, but yeah, they can't do all that, but they can fix the I-10 and... Seven days really quickly. And then I was watching that. I was watching that on local news. I told you about this over the phone, but Gavin Newsom kind of standing, standing up on the, like on the I-10, like completely empty, like talking about like all the great effort and how, you know, great this all was and how the government was able to get this done quickly. Oh, I know. Fixing it so people can commute to their, like to their jobs where they can make money and then not helping the people who aren't making any money at all. And then there was another thing. I the, the some Chinese leader or something like visited San Francisco. Yes. I saw and Gavin Newsom they like cleaned everything up. He moved everybody out. I was there three days later to do a photo shoot just yeah. for the day. And I, I got out on Market Street. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's a different city. It was so like sparkling clean. I didn't see one homeless person. I lived there for like twenty years down in yeah. the tenderloin. And it was, yeah, it was a different city. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, the guy was here a few days ago. That's nice. We can clean it up for that kind of person. And then he was so about our own people. <laughs> and he was so he was so awkward talking about it too. He was like, yeah, we cleaned it, cleaned it all, cleaned it all up. And he was like joking about like how people actually view like what they did, which was just doing it to show off and not doing it to help. Yeah. Not helping. And also, what's the specifics? Where are these people? Where did you put the people? I guess they, they put them up in hotels. Well, what I heard, I didn't look it up, but they put them in hotels. Yeah. Outside of town, I think in Oakland, Alameda. Oh, yeah? Or not Alameda. Um, Ber- Next to Berkeley. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read it, but yeah. it's like, oh, where'd they get that money suddenly? Maybe it's from the money for investigating homelessness. That's the silliest thing. How much money was it? I have to look at the number, but it's like a billion. To investigate homelessness. Mm-hmm. Actually, just while we're talking, we can keep talking, but I'll, I'll get the number Let's right. Let's write it up. California spends on investigating. Oh, sorry. I was wrong. It's $10 billion over three years. $10 billion <laughs> over three years. 
Hmm. And like I said to you earlier, they have the audacity to brag on bus stops that they've homed 600 some odd homeless people in California this year. You're like, wow. Yeah. I want one of their houses. They're all in what? You know, million dollar houses at least. Half a million. Half a. I have to do that again. Let's say it's 683 people housed for $10 billion. Oh, my phone doesn't go that high. It only does 100 million. Anyway. Hmm, interesting, huh? That's embarrassing for them. Anyway, circling back to dogs. Yeah. Um, I had a thought yesterday. I was thinking about it. What's your experience been with like veterinarians? Well, they, I mean, it's so trippy because you think they'd really care. And some of them I'm sure do, but they also seem like a money grab and a half. Yeah. I listen to, do you know the podcast Freak? Probably not Freakonomics. I don't. Maybe not. I don't know a lot of podcasts, honestly. They talk about like the economics of like different things. And they were speaking about, um, uh, about veterinarians and how like big hedge funds, I don't know, but like BlackRock or Vanguard might be doing it, but huge, huge head, hedge funds are, are buying out uh, mom and pop veterinary services. Oh, really? Cutting everyone's pay. I know they're buying the houses up. Charging a ridiculous amount um, of money. So how, so they're, they're paying the, how does that work? They buy it out. The clinic? Yeah. And how does the vet get paid? The, um, uh, like they, they pay them, they pay them like a salary, uh-huh. but it's less than, um, less than what they, then they charge what the they should be making yeah. and they charge twice a month. When I go to the vet, I, it's like $80 before anything else. I know. Just to be Before there. anything else happens. And so I was thinking yesterday that might be, or I kind of read a snippet that sparked this idea, but I think that's a driving cause of people dropping off their animals at shelters. Is they yes. can't pay for the vet cause. Yes, and there actually are programs in place so people can keep their animals and have their vet fees subsidized and paid for. Yeah. They're, They're called the Best Friends Network. Okay. And they fundraise for you. It's just to try to keep it's financial assistance for people who can't afford. You know, so, you know, their dogs get sick, they get a tumor, they whatever it may be. Best ulcer. They want you to keep your pet because it's better than the pet sitting in the shelter where it deteriorates further. And eventually will be euthanized. Yeah. I mean, if it has a, a terminal, even if it does have a terminal, if they're like, he only has three months to live, it's better he stays in the home with his owner. The yeah. owner probably prefers it too, but they're scared because they want them to be comfortable or they can't watch it. So bestfriends.org is a awesome Southern California resource for helping People keep their pets. Is that? I feel like I read up on that before. Is that just uh, like because I was looking for programs to help? Because I'm like a freak with my cats. Like if they do one slight thing wrong, boom, straight to the straight to the vet. Um, just because I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a little crazy <laughs> about making sure that they're healthy. And I was looking for programs like like that, but I live in Culver City, so I'm not a Los Angeles City resident, and so I can't access Los Angeles City County. Yeah, well, the best friends, actually, they have offshoots. Um, they're in San Bernardino County. They have a lot of um, programs that reach. So under their page, I'll send it to you. This, they have network partners throughout the state. Okay. So, you know, they have all the different 
They don't say where all of them are. 916, that's up in Sacramento. Wow. Red Rover, Sacramento, 310 LA. 714 is Orange County. So they have all kinds of people working with them. Care credit, have you heard of that? Yeah, like I'm still paying off. I'm still paying off the balance on on that from like a year ago when I fostered that kid. I st- but it's no interest under a year. Yeah. No, I think it was six months. Oh, okay. When I signed up on it. Feline outreach. Yeah, so. I think I missed a payment. I have to look at that later. Should I text you this link? Please. Oh. You can type it in or you don't know it. I don't know because I have the two phones. Oh. I was, I, Good I, for you. You're so organized. You have a business phone mm-hmm. already? Yeah. If I was as big as you, I this I the I'm bipolar, so this was a I, I got really manic for two days, and then I locked myself into a into a contract because I was just buying buying shit, and then I had a depressive episode for five days where I didn't eat anything, and I was just stuck with this now money pit type thing. But it's I like having I like having it separate. Poor too poor. Oh, I shouldn't say. Oh, maybe that's you right there. Uh, that is me. There okay. We go. I wasn't looking. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I didn't realize I didn't need it already. But this is a good resource. You're- Thank you very much. It did pay off one time when I, like, freaked out. Like, my Penny, one of my cats, she had, um, that was, like, I noticed, like, something slightly wrong with her eye. And she had an ul- was it an ulcer. Thing. Can you get ulcers in your eyes? So cool. Sure. I think she had an, uh, an ulcer in her eye. So I just, but now that keeps reinforcing me to take them straight to the vet if I see anything wrong, and that's just, it's just money. Well, if an animal has some sort of herpes simplex in their system, I think things can come, kind of come up anywhere that can be called ul- ulcers. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I said think, I didn't say no, but I think so. Um, so yes, shelters, shelters euthanize while well, under capacity. Here in L.A. County, and I'm probably other counties, but this is the county that I know. Mm. They they say they kill for space, <clears throat> and then you'll see that they have 28 kennels free, like at Downey, and they're killing anyway. At least two or three, uh, you know, the, they kill on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, typically, sometimes Fridays if they want. Oh, it's so, kill day? Yeah, well, they get paid a little bit extra. The, the, in 2008... When when you killed kill days, the employees got five percent more in their pay, which is bizarre. And well, that's an incentive right there. It's just five percent, so it's quite low. But that was in two thousand and eight, and now I'm like, maybe it's ten percent now, because it's. But that still wouldn't really be enough. I just feel like they get some sort of money extra, even beyond that percentage, to the employees involved with the euthanasia. And also because because they're not being solutionary and helping the animals survive by moving them around or changing policies so this doesn't happen, that makes me think there's a serious money trail. And a lot of journalists have tried to help in the past. It's been going on for 20 years that I've researched. I look back and there's all these articles from 2002, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people doing the same thing, impassioned the same way I am, and then probably burning out because they can't get anywhere. And that brings me the D&D rendering, which the county has the contract with, and they've had it with them for 20 years. D&D rendering? Yes. What's that? They're in Vernon, California. They collect all the carcasses from the shelters. They have their business, so they're paid by the county technically to collect these carcasses, 
They have their own business where they render the bodies. They boil all the, they throw all the bodies into a vat and they boil it down to a glue in which are used in soaps and cosmetics. So that's why it's very important people buy vegan products. Um, and like I was, as I was telling you about Revlon earlier, a company can say they're cruelty free because they're just using like beeswax and lanolin, but then you find out if they sell their products in China at all, which is a huge market, China requires you to animal test. You must animal test. So just know that, that if they say, oh no, we're cruelty, they are, they're lying. It's just America that maybe they're cruelty free because they're not allowed but to animal test. Mm -hmm. But the, the glue, this rendered material. I still can't understand that. Or process that. Keep going, but like glue. So the, another twist to the thing is this glue that is made by these rendering companies. I mean, it's shelter animals. It's also roadkill. It's also some uh, farm byproducts like uh, chickens and, that might have died in the cages and whatnot. Anything they want to get rid of animal wise. Factory farming. Yeah. Anything they want to throw it to the side. It's a huge. It's insane the amount they produce. Like they produce lots of bodies, lots of glue randomly that's what china feeds their factory farmed eels what yes oh my god they export to china this glue that america makes which is like isn't china rendering their own stuff too yeah. so we do that we sell to the makeup companies <clears throat> i don't know their client list dnd rendering i just know that they do sell to cosmetic companies i don't know which ones um, I always say stuff like Revlon and Maybelline because I, I just mean like general brands, like if they're not vegan. Like pharmacy brands? I think so. Yeah. Just, like that. Yeah. And they, and they hide the glue in the name. Like I said, they can just hide it under the term gelatin or there's another word that I'm not thinking. And people don't realize, oh, that's the shelter animal glue <laughs> in my <laughs> mascara. <laughs> Yeah, so it's really important to buy vegan products. You got to look for the vegan label and so forth. Unless you want pain and suffering on your face. Right. So it's, you know, you just got to choose your battles and like dial it in when they when you can. So I only buy vegan products that way. Well, I'm just thinking about the amount of animal glue that's sitting in my apartment right now. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a... Uh, shocking. An app? Yeah, that you can scan your products. Oh. So great. I have a couple on here. So the, the Yucca app. And then there's the cruelty cutter. Um, oh, I'm, I updated it recently, so now. Anyway, so you can just scan uh -huh. barcode, yeah, and it'll tell you if there's what's in it, like animal product wise. Yeah. So you know what's it called? This one's cruelty cutter. Uh -huh. And there's also yucca. How do you spell that? Use you. I mean W. Oh my God, no, not at all. Y U C A. Why you see it? What? No, oh my God. Why <laughs> UKA? Why UKA? And then there's Cruelty Cutter. So, pretty cool. Now I wish I had a handy product. Well, we can test one of these. Like a bottle of pills. Uh-oh. Okay, my point isn't getting made right now because it's not scanning it. Oh, there's glare, maybe. Come on, thing. Well, anyway... They scans. That <laughs> sucks. Maybe this is too round. I don't know. Let's see if the yucca one can scan. Yep. But since it's not, this is a vitamin, not a, a beauty product, product unknown. But 
You know those products that say every day on them, every day lotion? Yeah. They're super clean. I'm wondering if I have one on here to show you. Um, Elba. Elba pushes itself as a natural product. It's like in hippie shops and whatnot, but it's bad. Okay. It has a lot of toxins in it. Um, Even Cetaphil, which is a gentle... Cetaphil? Yeah. What about CeraVe? Are they fine? I can look. Um, But it's not... I mean, you just look, it's at 40 out of 100, so it's not too bad, considering it's just zinc oxide in it and whatever this stuff is. And then most of it is good. But anyway, but if I get a new product, I'm always scanning it to see and then making my choice. That's really cool. So, Sarah, you wanted to know about, which is something I've scanned, right? I don't know, this is CeraVe. CeraVe. 34 out of 100. Wow. It just has a bunch of low-risk things, but to combine together, it's interesting. Cerevity's like the brand that dermatologists recommend. Is that right? Dermatologists? Yeah, sure. Yeah, skin doctor, right? Dermalogica now has a great rating. Dermalogica. God, I have to check out my moisturizer. I know. Did you bring any products? With me today? Yeah. No. That would have been a good thing for the podcast about <laughs> animal cruelty. <laughs> Blow our minds. I fault. <laughs> My bad. Excellent. I ruined everything. I'll text you these just so you have them. Thank you so much. What else? <laughs> Homeless people breeding dogs. Yeah. You should have, well, you shouldn't have, they should all be suspended right now in general, but you should have a dress to, to, to breed dogs. I guess they can just lie on their application, but that shows oh, there's yeah. no oversight. They just do no oversight. They just stamp it, you pay the fee, and you're out of there. And you get it. And they don't check up on you. They don't check up on your operation. They don't know what's happening to your dogs. That's so absurd. They just don't care. Here we go. What is this? ABC7, Los Angeles. On Skid Row, a one-year-old Doberman named Pebbles is pregnant with her first litter her owner, Dwight, bred her intentionally. He plans to sell the puppies, saying doing so will help him get off get off the street. But he's causing another problem. Yeah. Uh, so this is talking about how there are staffing levels at the animal services, LA Animal Services Department. They're under, understaffed. Plans to hire 120 relief animal care workers, part-time as-needed workers, yeah, it's like, why are they understaffed? If they lose an employee, isn't there a pool to to interview from? There's plenty of people wanting jobs. And a lot of people wanting to work. I mean, like, I mean, you're technically working in animal care to yeah, some degree. For costing but, me money. Yeah. Um, I network the dogs. I take, I see their... Hey, what do you do? So I, they, there's an app called Trello. <laughs> All these apps. <laughs> and Downey puts the dogs that are given 72 hours on it. So I have access to the app. I see who's going to, you know, who has 72 hours. And then I post them on next door looking for fosters and pledges. Because if I get a fosters and pledges, then I can approach a rescue and be like, hey, I have a dedicated foster. First, I talk to them and vet them. So they go through one layer and then the rescue will vet them. Yeah, and I just do it on my own accord because you see all these sweet faces and they've done nothing wrong. And in Downey, you get 72 hours after 30 days, essentially, maybe five weeks. Yeah. 
um, no matter how good of a dog you are. They also mislabel dogs. They Mislabel? Yeah, they do behavioral uh, assessments, and then they mix-match them with the dogs. So they'll say, this dog is aggressive, and this dog's really nice, and then you get the dog, and it's the opposite of what the behavioral notes are. I don't think they have professionals or trained people doing the behavioral notes either. They know they've messed it up in the computer. And they're just a mess. Yeah. It's terrible. Anyway, so I get their notes. Then there's volunteers. There's two Instagram accounts that I follow and I pull their videos and photos because they're two volunteers from Downey. One is share.for.love. And the other one is Desi Desi one three four, and they're both volunteers that post content, and I take that content and I put it on Nextdoor, and I try to get the pledges and the fosters, and then I line them up with the rescue if I'm lucky, and they're lucky, and then I get to pick them up and drive them to their foster sometimes. How often have you seen it fail? Plenty. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, you save dogs, and then they kill other dogs that you're working on, so it's hard to ever really rejoice. Mm-hmm. So it's just always another pile thrown on your lap because they're not changing policies, so it's a bottomless pit. But then you become obsessed at the tyranny. You know, you can't look away, so it gets exhausting. Yeah. I had to, um, the eye drops next door off of my daily looking at next door's Twitter for... <laughs> It's basically a version of Twitter, but I just stop. I just stop or X. Now it's so dumb. Uh, um, where I had to stop looking at it, probably because of your posts. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> People like me. And you like you. No. It just makes me so sad. Um, but you never know who's gonna see it, and like if you repost it, that's help because you're reaching a whole other neighborhood stratosphere of people, and then you never know who's gonna. Uh, relate with a face because that reminds them of a dog they had when they were a kid or their grandpa's dog or they just love that face you never know who's going to see your post i never thought about reposting repost they'll start doing that and the good take one screenshot of one of the photos in the original post and then put that and put that as well with the repost because otherwise the repost is small it doesn't get attention and nobody looks so you have to use one good photo of the dog's face with the repost Mm -hmm. It's easy to do, and then it reaches a whole other demographic for the, for the dogs. Right. You know? It's just showing their faces just in case, giving them a chance. Yeah. Because the shelters aren't putting them out there. Most shelters aren't. Downey isn't. Downey, Sieka, which is the other one in Downey, mm-hmm. and Baldwin Park. They're just they're insane high-kill shelters, Sieka being the absolute worst. They kill 13 dogs a day and don't care. And their dogs are sick, and they blame it on understaffed. It's like, sort it out. How about sort it out? That's your job. Hire people. Like, make it work. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it. Why? It's bizarre. Their budgets are probably atrocious. The controller posts the budgets, and they're not bad budgets. No, I don't know. Pretty much every shelter, it was like 480000 a year. It's a lot. Um, well... I mean, I guess if you take um, into consideration the salaries, they're paying those people who sit on their asses and don't give a shit 70000 a year. So those employees probably suck up all the the wage and they don't care. Like, they're in the office and they're like, just want to get out of here. I can't wait to retire. They say these things. Oh, I don't even go out and look at the dogs. 
the workers at Downey. Mm-hmm. And they try to block you from adopting and re- they rescue the dogs. They they try to talk you out of dogs when I'm there to bring a dog to a foster. They're like, mm. they, they just make it hard, no matter whatever which way they can. One officer was trying to give me a discount for this dog, death row dog, just last week. Um, he's like, oh, I think we can we can do a discount, like 20, 30 off or whatever. And the other lady that works there, she was like, no, 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 no discount. It's like, why? Yeah, they must get money for... They're no job. They have to be incentivized There's something. To, to do that. Something going on. I'd love to interview one of these people. That wants to talk, I know. Yeah, wants to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's somebody who would anonymously... I know uh, an officer who would anonymously. The office officers would be very interesting. None of them are gonna expose the reason. Oh, they they're all seem pretty diabolical and sociopathical. What's that word? What, say again. She. I said they seem diabolical and sociopathical. But I guess you just call them sociopath or just lazy ass. Don't care about animals. The other thing, too, that goes on is just very much like the church attracted pedophiles to hide within it. Sorry. What? I said just as the church uh-huh. attracted oh. pedophiles to hide within it. Yeah, I did a whole project on that. Shelters and people, the organizations that work with animals, attract zoosadists, which are people who like to torture animals. Oh, they're attracted to these places because they get to interact with the animals. Animals disappear. L.A. County in a year loses eight eight hundred to a thousand animals. Just go missing, cats, dogs. Just oh, we don't know where they are. Well, and there's they don't research. They don't find out nothing. There's one guy at West Valley, hmm. a guy that worked there that was taking a cat a week for his voodoo mother to sacrifice, and he got caught over time. I don't know how long he was doing this for, so I'll have to look at the news article. It might have been years before he was busted, and they just put him on leave. He did, I don't think he even went to jail. We have to look that story up. Because we went to uh, West L.A. to protest, even though they're not as bad as the other ones, but that's the spot that was picked. And one of the former employees told us that story. So... And it makes sense. That's very frightening. It could be a plot of a movie or like a TV show. Mm-hmm. I want to say the breeding, the breed, the number for the for the breeder licenses that the the city of LA made over five hundred thousand dollars giving out breeder licenses in twenty twenty two. I used to train dogs, and I had to stop doing it because I wasn't a I wasn't a dog trainer. I was a dog owner therapist. And so I would get paid to go, um, and I make good, good money doing it. It would be 50 to to $100 an hour doing therapy for dog for dog owners. Yeah. And um, and it was great, and I loved it. I had all these pamphlets, and I was really good at it, and, you know, great reviews, and they'll all get texts or emails about how, like, progress has improved. And, um, and then I, I just had to stop doing it this is more talking about like animal mistreatment there's this one guy in the fashion district in downtown la who was paying me 150 dollars an hour um this is like a he um he had a giant like giant framed 
uh, image on his wall that just said Balenciaga, and there were <laughs> and there were like white like you know, like white fur carpets, like maybe four of them just like spread out there. I went. He booked the, an appointment, and he booked the appointment the day he got the dog, and then I was there the day after, and this guy was the also i wanted to say more about him he's like an aspiring reality tv star like wanted to do something like that and i i found his instagram account and uh, he had like only a couple posts and he had it was like 33 or 36 thousand followers and you know on instagram you can go look at past usernames it's been changed four times four different usernames so he bought like this so he must have purchased this instagram account to to you know, my hive, all these followers and whatnot. And he was, he was on live, like Instagram live stream, whatever, the whole time. Like I went for two days in a row. He was on live the whole time and he was, you know, showing off the dog. And he was it a Frenchie? It was, it's a Frenchie. Uh-huh. <laughs> How'd you know it was a Frenchie? I'm just it. good like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had his little. I guess, I don't know if this is mean to say, but designer dog. Mm-hmm. Is that, or, and he was using the dog as like a prop. And uh, and he wanted the dog to be like trained, but he wouldn't participate in any of it. Like like training, like PFAT training or anything. I would talk to him. I think I had like four conversations with him. And he would be on his phone like the entire time, like not listening to me. And that was one of the incidents in which I just had to like stop 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 doing it because i i don't i mean it, it's not the best thing because i'm like oh i should be there to help out and yeah, give the dog a better life but i can't watch this like i can't like watch it happen and problems with that well, then, so just because he was treating it as a prop yeah and uh like didn't give a give a fuck yeah about, like about the dog yeah you can like, tell at all like, accessory he really didn't care um, he was also like an aspiring like club like promoter person, so he was like that type of um like didn't have a job um family money daddy's money I was about to say, yeah, your guessing game is on point <laughs> <laughs> um there was another incident where this dog uh she had like also just gotten this puppy, and she like got really mad at me because I let the dog walk on the grass. She was like, like when I would take the dog, it was like a puppy and in order to train any dog, like in, like the best way to train puppies is to exercise them a lot at first and get them kind of like tired out a bit or their excitement done. So I would literally go on runs with this little puppy like around the block a couple of times and she got really mad and she wanted me to train the dog to not walk on the grass. Why? I, because she didn't want anything to get on her bed, like any dirt. You can get wipes or use a rag on our dog's feet. Yeah, I recommended that. I recommended a, like a that when I was you know like the family dog, the dog, like if it's a little wet outside or whatever, just do a quick wipe down of the paws and then proceed. Yeah. Um, and she, oh, she got mad at me and I took her money and blocked her number, and dropped her. Well, yeah, it's dealing with people. I mean, vets say it's a people business more than an animal business at the end of the day because you have to appease the people and deal with them more so. And training. And yeah, you need a person, too, to tra- treat the dog accordingly so the dog learns because you can't be there 24-7. The best dog trainer is the owner of the dog. 
yeah owner i hate considering like calling them property but that was one thing i didn't like about taking that kit into the animal shelter because i was like signing it away as if it was property and i was like this is so weird that that's how all of this is organized i'll say another incident this like um type of like poodle-ish kind of dog that like you might see at like a dog show and the owner wanted me to train the dog to like to train the dog and I can't even explain it correctly but train the dog in a way where she wanted to turn the dog into money um to be a show dog yeah to be a show dog or breed she said breeding as well I, I <laughs> you're like I gotta look away right now I dropped her there was another dog in which I spent an hour and a half there, and um, and it was like a I got bit four times, drew blood only two times. The owner was a nurse, and thank God and she fixed. Was she it. a phlebotomist? Well, what a phlebotomist? What is that? A blood yeah. taker. Oh, because <laughs> you because you said the dog drew blood yeah. two times. Uh-huh. And you said the owner's a nurse, and I'm like, is she a phlebotomist? Because they draw blood. Yeah. Phlebotomists draw blood. Anyway, no, it's not been it Came out. Um, and uh, and I was, like, letting the dog by me because I was trying to figure out what the dog Break. didn't like. Yeah, like, what triggered the dog. And it was hands. And um, and then I was, like, and she didn't know why. And I was, like, I then I, I spent a good amount of time talking to her and trying to get the entire history because I was, like, the first thing I do, like, tell me everything, like, about this dog. And there, I was like, have you ever left the dog alone? Because she didn't hit the dog. but uh, And it was her first dog. And she was like, I left it with my uncle for two weeks when I went to, like, Hong Kong or China or something. And she, like, had an inkling. And then as I pretty much, like, told her, I was like, yeah, he hit the dog. He he for sure hit this dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why I'm so great with animals. By the end of the hour and a half, I was playing with the dog outside, like, throwing a, throwing a ball, but... That was a, another thing where I just couldn't. Well, that situation, there was nothing I could do. But, um, well, you're probably a gifted psychic, you know. I had another dog who would constantly bark and bite, and um, uh, all the and these. This was a wealthy family, kind of living in a three-time gated community, like three gates, in order to get to their house. And that dog was also a biter. Small, it's small dogs. It's the small dogs that tend to do that kind of thing. Um, and like Barker and like couldn't deal with people. And that dog tolerated me completely. And they were so, you know, like surprised about that. So I am good with animals. Well, you know, in this world, there's a lot of people. And before it was all these people, there were villages and tribes and all that kind of way. And they would pick at they would know who the shaman was from a young age and cultivate that and give them the guidance they needed and show them the way and treat them accordingly as that kind of person and nowadays people like you and other shamans that shaman types mm-hmm. that could be some rock stars let's say jim morrison was maybe you know an uncultivated or any of these guys that get into drugs an overdose because they weren't given the tools they weren't pulled aside and you know you're special so we need to treat you accordingly for your gifts Mm. you know you mentioned that you know you get manic and depressive yeah you know probably also a condition of you not getting cultivated correctly by parents not their fault oh yeah no i forgave them 
not uh, like two years. I forgave them like two years ago, but they didn't. I mean, these are fifty-year-old people when they were growing up. It's either you're fine, or you need to be in a hospital, and there's no like in between. But like, it's a whole, it's a spectrum and whatnot. But I don't. That's besides the point. <laughs> and well, I'm just saying you you obviously have a gift, and it should be cultivated, and you should love on it. And you, you learned navigating. You were saying, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you. Choose your clients. Say, I don't work with breeders. Yeah. I don't work with people who don't love their dogs. Yeah. Boom. If I see either, you know, I see that you're wanting to breed or you're, you know, you're not in this for the dog in any way. You right. know, I reserve the right to refuse service. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can be really helpful and you can work with really good people and you might it would be probably really rewarding for you. I've had that a lot. Yeah. It made me really happy in those instances. Yeah. But, um... Because you're so young still and you already have this under your belt. How old are you? 20. You already had this business making 150 bucks an hour? It's like an actual business. Like, register, it's an LLC registered. When did you do that? When you are 18? A year ago. Mm-hmm. When I was 19 years old. Yeah, you're plowing I your think. path. Yeah. What's it Since I was 16 years old, I've never not had a job. I've never not been employed. You're from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, I'm from New York. Anyway, I just love uh, working in independence from, like, I hate taking, you know, like, their money. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like it. Um, and your major is? I was. Uh, <laughs> I was a management and leadership major. Then I really thought about it for a second, and I was like, that, like, why? <laughs> Spending four years and then walking out with a piece of paper that says I'm excellent at management and leadership. That's it's like, like, I want skill. Yeah. So I switched to psychology. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, much more interesting. And it's taking on a lot. Huh? It's taking on a lot because you'll have to take on other people's problems. So you have to know if you're strong enough. Yeah, because I'm going to end up being a therapist. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And it ties you down, too. Yeah. I went to school for art therapy. So my first two years was art and psychology classes because they don't do the clinical stuff until your third and fourth year and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then that's so. After two years, I was like, "Oh, you really have to stick somewhere and really work with people for years on end." And I'm so much of a traveler and flighty that, and I just went for photography. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just saying this because, how are you going to apply this psychology to people or dogs? Or animals? People. Okay. Yeah. You can do it like I could, um, well, it's cali- uh, in order to be a therapist, you have to, you have to, there's like 12 things you have to do with like five things under each thing, like grad school and doing all the, like, um, all the whatnot uh, in order to be licensed as a therapist. I think you're really good at it. Thank you. My therapist agree. Agrees. <laughs> 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 And the management and leadership, you can kind of prove that in an interview with your resume. I was 16 years old, um, and I was uh, fulfill. I wasn't getting paid for it, but I was, or or the title, but I was like fulfilling the duties of like I was basically an assistant manager. Like I started training new employees after a month um, of working there. Um, When's your birthday? Four months, right? April 30th, and I'll be 21. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. And then 21, and then nothing matters till you're 25, and you can rent a car, and then the rest <laughs> of it is just old. 21 to 25 is awesome. 22 is my favorite. Yeah? 
So great. I had a blast. Why is that? Um, I was just living in San Francisco, and I was a budding photographer then, I suppose. And so I was shooting all the shows I could that these big venues, the Warfield and the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And having all these adventures around the world with rock bands t- touring and, you know, dancing with Mick Jagger to, you know, being with Coldplay all over the place and just all kinds of great stories and magic. That's so Just cool. tons of magic was happening all the time. I couldn't walk down the street without getting stopped and something amazing happened it seemed like but my man's like yeah you were a cute 22 year old girl of course you're gonna get invited to all this stuff Mm -hmm. i was like no it was my personality it was really simple oh yeah sweet combo i think i had going on but yeah i just 22 was just great you know we were now in the shelter issue aren't we yeah so i also wanted to touch on so back to the zoo sadism people that are attracted so there's that aspect. And then also the rescues. I think I mean I've only been heavily involved for the last year and a half since I started fostering downy dogs. So I'm just like getting to know the rescue world. And there has been rescues that there are real psychotics behind them. These women who get pull dogs out and get them the, the the pledge money and act like they care about dogs. And- oh, I was going to ask you what a pledge is. Oh, that's when they, they people say, oh, well, if you save this dog, I'll give you $50. If you save this dog, give you $20, whatever. You know, oh, okay. so people make all this money. Then the rescue pulls the dog and you tell all the people, honor your pledge, pay that money to the rescue. Yeah. Okay. And only half of the people pay or less. But. A woman, you were saying? Oh, this. I mean, there's been a couple of these or like three of these rescues in the year and a half. Or no, more, maybe five, actually, that they pull dogs, they let the dogs go in the woods, they 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 drop them off at different shelters. They're just crazy people who like the accolade of saving and then, like, ditch the dog. This summer, I was helping this brand new rescue. She was wanting to save all these downy dogs, and I was finding fosters, and my whole little network group of girls were finding fosters for this rescue. We're so stoked. She's helping the downy dogs. That's our my group. And so she did this for three months, and then it was September, and she's her parents put out a statement for her saying she's too ill. She's not going to go on. I'm like, her parents find out this girl is 17 years old in high school, doing this as a project so she could get into college. She pulled over 50 dogs and dropped them all. So all the fosters had these dogs, and now there's no rescue paying for their food or medical or anything. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, my God, you know, because you feel responsible because you link up these people with these rescues. Uh-huh. And the parents are just as, I mean, it's all the parents to blame because they encouraged their daughter to do this whole business project thing for her entry to college. Yeah, and dropped all these animals. And now people are still scrambling, dealing with these animals. And then there's another woman who had a rescue that put 11 dogs into boarding and then walked away and didn't pay the boarding fee. And it was like $25,000. And this random, wonderful woman in Germany paid the boarding fee to get these dogs out, but they still needed fosters and adopters. 
it's just like Jesus, you know, you're working against, the, you know, we're trying to help the shelter system who's messed up. And then even on the rescue side, people are messed up. It's hard to know who to trust wow. and whatnot. Um, so how do you, poor dogs. How do you vet people? Who the f- we're saying you vet fosters? Oh, I just, the first question. Or doctors or. Yeah, I just, uh, what kind of house do you have? Do you have a fenced-in yard? How many, What kind of animals do you have? What's your job? How often are you home? What's your recreation? Um, I have them send a couple photos of their home. Um, and I have a chat with them and fill them out. I mean, some people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I'm keeping the dog outside. I mean, it's a husky. It just, these dogs, are they just live outside. I'm like, no, no, no. Even though a husky actually can live outside and they like rain and they like snow and they're fine and they love it. I have a hard time getting my husky to come in at night. You have a husky? Yeah. They're king of the world, dog. I have a 60-pound husky. Wow. I have an 85-pound pit bull. And then I have a 23-pound Jack Russell bully mix. And then my little white thing, whatever he is, the 13-pound who knows what <laughs> that's the that was um a dog i got from dogs without borders that i was the foster for anyway what was i saying about my husky oh yeah he just sits out on the deck and he just looks at the sky <laughs> he's always just like super high or something i don't know what mushrooms he's eating <laughs> he loves nature and outside and if it's raining that's his jam he's like i want to go out i want to go out yeah so anyway, point being, huskies can be outside, but you don't want up to give them to a human who thinks that he should be living outside. It's just not the right attitude, you know, because you want them to be a part of their family. That's how it's, yeah, so, supposed to be. So I just do that initial vetting, and then I let the, the rescue put their their stamp on it, you know, that, oh, yeah, this is a good person. Yeah. Most people are good. I would say one out of four. One out of five or no's, or one out of four, I guess, for the fosters, people that... And then there's people that on, on the posts on next door say, I'll foster this dog. And then you write them and they don't respond. And then people think, oh, they found a foster. You know, and then I'm like, hey, no, this person never responded. No, this dog still needs a foster. Or people that say, I'm going to adopt the dog. I just can't adopt it till next week. Can you get a temporary foster? until I come back from my vacation or whatever it is. And I find the foster, and then the adopter ghosts. You just never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey. And they sounded so good on the phone. Yeah. It's hard work, and it's all volunteer. And I drive for free when I go pick up the dog and take it to the foster, if that's me who does it. Yeah, it's exhausting. My man's getting... He loves... I mean, he's happy that I'm helping the dogs, but it is all, it does get all-consuming where I'm on my phone like 14 hours a day trying to organize right. when I'm supposed to be making money a little bit more. Yeah. So. Have you had anybody change their mind? Um, text you? Thing? Yeah, like they take the dog and then they... Um, well, fosters have been like, oh, I can't keep the dog anymore. Adopters... I haven't had that again, though. They go through the rescue. I'm not a rescue. Yeah. I just line them up. So, right. But people, I've had fosters that I have had that I found that work with rescues who are like, okay, I've had this dog three months. I can't, I can't foster anymore. Mm-hmm. And I helped the rescue find a new foster. Yeah. And so there was a neighbor of mine who signed up to foster a dog. That was from that rescue who was the teenage girl in the end. I never met her. I only talked to her on the phone and texted with her. Uh-huh. 
So I didn't know she was a teenager until the end. Anyway, she dropped and I was like, oh, that I'm so sorry. The rescue is now no more. And they're like, who can we report you to? You know, like acting like I'm some sort of deviant. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I, I just, I'm, I just help. I just post dogs. I don't, I did not know. Obviously this would happen. Right. So that was really annoying. They were treating me like crap. I'm like, I'm trying to help you now. Like figure out another rescue. They're like, you should just sign the dog over because the dog was in my name because I went and picked it up. Anyway, they're like, just sign the dog over to us. Um, I don't know if they, they, they don't, yeah, anyway, they act like they hate me. I can't even get the info if, if they've officially adopted him or what. Because mm-hmm. I ended up signing the dog over to them because they said, oh, we, we love him so much. We'll deal with the adoption at this rate since there's no rescue. But then they stopped talking to me altogether, which is disappointing. And they just live right here in the canyon. So what are you going to do? cry a little <laughs> i'm not crying over that it's just disappointing these people who yeah i don't know don't get it i guess this is yeah it's disappointing getting talked down to i'm not going to cry over it but i was like where are you coming from i hope this dog is alive because of me mm-hmm. actually even though the rescue is fake <laughs> or of some sort the girl was paying every, I mean, paying the for all the dog food and the supplies. She was sending people crates and food and beds and toys. She was doing all that. Uh-huh. And then one day she's like, I'm going back to school. I'm done. It's like, wait, how old are you? <laughs> oh, that's so messed up. It's bizarre. Imagine a college looking at that, an admissions person. And only seeing the good part and not knowing that they actually... I would think they'd think a little harder and be like, okay, you're doing all of this and now you're going to come to college. What's going to happen with all the animals that you hopefully with? I would think about it, but they might just go, oh my God, that's okay. Okay, you're great. So come on on. (laughs) up. People don't really look in too much. And then there's rescues attacking other rescues being holier than thou and publicly trying to shame rescues online that are doing their best or not even doing anything wrong. It's just bizarre, the drama. And I'm like, can I just save dogs? Oh, my God, you guys. But then you do have the bad rescues that do bad things. Like I told you, take dogs and let them go in the woods and whatnot. Yeah. So, pain in the ass. <laughs> what do you mean rescues are fighting each other? Recently, there is a, res- a couple of rescues who are attacking another rescue for doing an out-of-state adoption. A dog got ad- adopted out in New Mexico. And the the person that adopted the dog didn't listen to the rescue on how to have their dogs meet. They weren't supposed to meet for a week, supposed to keep them separate in the home to begin with, you know, do all this protocol. Mm-hmm. No, they introduced the dogs right away. Pitbulls got in a fight and they the 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 adopter then put the dog in a boarding facility for a week and told the rescue hey, I put the dog in the boarding facility for this week. I don't want the dog now. And she's like, okay, well, I need to work on getting him a foster. Here, I'll bring him back. And she put all this publicly as it was happening. You know, she posted it on her thing. She couldn't find a foster. The adopter stopped talking to her that week, wouldn't respond to anything. So she didn't know what happened. And then came to find out that adopter put it, threw it into a shelter let it go to a shelter, but she didn't know until, but she was constantly searching for the dog by its microchip, Mm. found it in the shelter and had already been there at that stage for like three weeks in the shelter. 
So then she's working hard to still find a foster for this dog locally, and she's putting it online, and these other rescues are reposting her post, saying, you know, what a piece of shit she is, that's bad rescue, she shouldn't be able to save dogs. Just, like, ripping her a new one, it's like... She's telling you everybody the story. She's not hiding anything, and shit happens. Yeah. Like, you can't trust all people who say, you know, I'm going to love this dog forever. I will never let them go. You can count on me. And then two days later, these people are dropping the dog at a shelter. You don't know that's going to happen. People lie. People act like something they aren't, and they make promises they can't keep. They make impulse impulse decisions. So you don't then say a rescue shouldn't be pulling dogs. You're not going to have 100% of wins. Mm. So anyway, I was just watching that unfold. This was just like last week. And I couldn't help but say anything to these people. I would comment politely. I was just like, well, you know, you have dogs and boarding. You know, then they rip on her for having dogs and boarding. I'm like, you're literally fundraising for dogs and boarding. It happens. Fosters fall out. They're like, I don't want the dog. The dog has nowhere to go. It has to go into a boarding facility. Happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. They're ripping her a new one. So I just comment these things and they just block me. <laughs> so I got blocked by, I think, three different people or two, two, two rescues that were ripping on her. I don't like bullies. I'm just like, I have nothing to lose. Try to bully me. I don't give a shit. But I'm not watching this. You're not taking it. But I don't know where it's coming from. If they have some sort of jealousy issue or if they're just gone mental. Like wanting to make somebody an un- under or a, I don't know what to call it. It's not an underdog. Scapegoat. Hmm. E. That's a good word. Go <laughs> ahead. So. By boarding facilities, you mean like pet hotels? Essentially. But they're not, you know, they're ex- essentially a shelter that doesn't kill because they're paid to keep the dog. But they're still in. Like still in like the, I guess, cage or. Of sorts. They look like jail cells. We just. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are nicer than others, but you're going to pay a pretty penny. I mean, they're, you know, at least they're average 50 bucks a night. So that really adds up and it drains all the rescues money to have them in boarding. I used used to board dogs. That's what I charged. 50? 50, 56, something like that. Yeah. At your place here? Yeah. I made a lot of, um, I made a lot of questionable decisions uh, in terms of my, because I'm just, I'm all, I'm just trying to make money. Um, uh, to do things that I want to do, I form like relationships with clients. I was like, I mean, it's like taking care of like a like a um, like a dog for like four days, and I just I would keep my cats in the bedroom. They were not happy about happy about this. I had to stop doing it. Would but you be a rover? Wag. I would find people on Wag. I would take them off the app, and I would make them a private client. So that they weren't paying an exorbitant amount of money mm-hmm. for, like when I was doing dog training sessions through WAG and then I would take them off of WAG and do it privately, they would be, I would be, I'd get 50 bucks or forty nine twenty five or whatever it was and they would be paying, I could look at how much they paid, they would be paying 65 to $75 for that hour. Um, which I always thought was ridiculous and like a scam so I would always stay for like an hour and a half and like give them. Yeah, just have them like more. Yeah, like money's worth them more time. But anyway, boarding boarding dogs. Um, Do you have a yard? No, I don't. It's a, this is an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It's. Um, it wasn't a good choice. It wasn't a good series of decisions. <laughs> but I, I. We tried it. Tried yeah. it. Harry tried to help something yeah. with that. I like I, I like doing everything. Done a little bit of everything. 
those are all, and these are all independent contractor jobs I do or I, I used to do Uber I used to do DoorDash now I just do Instacart grocery delivery mm-hmm. most which is profitable but I drive I drive I end up driving like 80 miles a day in LA every day. too a lot of hours yeah and that's then the gas money but I get mileage oh, cool when do you go school I have um I go into school for a couple of hours on Tuesday and Thursday and then I have another class that's online on Monday and Wednesday and I'm only taking three three classes um so you have Fridays through Sundays off yeah but you have homeworks yeah yeah I have to do, it's that's that gets uh particularly difficult because there's so much I want to do but I have to do school and I have to work because um, my cats need food and um uh but then I want to be doing creative things you know like this like I'm giving up a potential income to be doing this right now and I wish that's how the world worked we could all just be creative and making art and doing fun things and contributing to society and the culture by just all doing creative things my dream used to be like okay I want to go to college I want to walk out of college I want to try and make as like I want to beat the system make as much money as possible go find all my friends who are doing creative shit and pay give them give them money so they can continue doing that sort of do you play guitar? Doing that sort of thing. I um guitar and piano lessons when I was really young and I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. Like what's that for hey, me? Not for not for me. My parents tried. That candle smells good, if that's what I'm smelling. I love this. This is awesome. Like doing these things. Interview. Because I find everybody so interesting. Because we all live um no, I don't know if I'm cutting this out or not, but we all, <laughs> we all, we all live in like our own world. I like this because it's like exposing other people to other people's worlds. So like, like you know, like you talking about what you uh, do or like things like that. I don't know. I just find people so interesting. I'm well. I probably should if I'm on a track to be a therapist. <laughs> I, should, I should probably find people. And it was an interview. Interesting. Therapist. Yeah. interviewer. I love letting people talk, listening to people. I'm not the best speaker, as you might have noticed, but... I think uh, you're great. Well, thank you. You're a great speaker, and I think you had a good voice, very soothing and trusting. Thank you. That's English. <laughs> I think you'll be great. <laughs> I hope so. Just trying to think of what else. Yeah, I just, just hope it all gets solutionary, because I'm a photographer, and I didn't expect this to be all-consuming dog rescue like I don't want to have to be doing this but people have to do it otherwise it's just like mass murder going yeah so I just help in my little way and if everyone stayed local and helped their community just focused in on one shelter or one homeless person or you know things would get taken care of mm-hmm. but people keep putting the power in government and do shit the farmers the river that flows to the central valley yeah the farm is used for irrigation through the Central Valley. If you go drive up the I-5, you'll see huge billboards saying, Gavin Newsom, why are you letting our water go out to sea? He said, no, you can't use this water. We're letting it go out to sea for years. They're like, our crops are dying. And people, the regular people don't know this somehow because they. I don't know if the news gets suppressed or what in papers about all the farmers. It's a huge industry in California is agriculture. Yeah. 
yet he's letting the Central Valley go dry. Why? Why? I don't... What, what, what's the answer? I'd love to hear his freaking answer to this. Did you do anything with dogs over COVID? Um, uh, Like, when did you stay? Well, I owned four dogs over COVID. So I, this, this, with Downey Shelter, I started in October of two, 22. Uh-huh. And I fostered five dogs out of there. And then ended up keeping the Husky, was my last foster, because he was so bad. So hard to train. I mean, he's a sweetheart. He like loves you and cuddles well, and wants to be hugged forever. Huskies are king of the world, dogs. Though the I call them dogs. I call them. <laughs> I freaking come up the stairs. He's standing on my kitchen table, smiling, <laughs> like thinking it's a good thing. I'm like, ah! It took me nine months to housebreak him. He would eat his bowl of food in the living room, look right at me with that smile. They're so cute, <laughs> and start taking a massive shit <laughs> on my carpet in front of me after his meal. I'd be like. Ooh! Why are you doing this to me? He was torture. I'm like, if somebody even adopts this dog because he's so beautiful, they're either going to kill him or they're going to drop him at the shelter because he would drive you nuts. He also has a paper addiction. You know, if you're not home, he gets anxiety and he'll just shred any paper he finds. He jumps up, rips up my notebooks. He actually had my passport before, but he couldn't rip that. He'd bathroom garbage. I have to keep the bathroom door closed because he just gets in there and gets all the paper and shreds it. That's a that's very much a cat thing, I would think. Mine yeah. do cardboard, so if I leave cardboard anywhere, they chew it up and just spread it everywhere. Yeah, when I'm not home. Well, that would be fine if it wasn't any important documents and whatnot. Yeah, not my. But also, it just leaves a mess. You know, he's just a pain in the butt. So I was afraid for him in the world. I was like, I better just keep you at this stage. <laughs> so it took me nine months to housebreak him, uh-huh. and I'm good with dogs. All my other dogs stood at this lime. My dogs aren't allowed in the kitchen had him over a year now i had to put up this gate because he doesn't give a crap they all stand at the line he walks right in smiling strutting i'm like get out of the kitchen he runs out and then he comes back in hmm. so anyway he's safe for a year before he knows there's a lot of people most people i don't think have the patience i have i once when i was doing dog walking before i was doing dog training i one time i i went to this house um, in like a nice neighborhood with like sidewalks and whatnot, and the guy was like, "Have you ever walked? Have you ever walked huskies before?" And I said, "No." Well, first the plural scared me. The um, and I was like, "No, good luck." That was it. Seriously, good luck. And he hands me the leashes of these two massive, like fully grown huskies who like pretended I wasn't there for it was an hour walk. Pretended I wasn't there for like thirty minutes. And um, and he told me to keep them away from other dogs. In the second half of the 30 minutes, because I'm so good with dogs, I had them acting like they were on, like, service animal-type behavior when they were walking right next to me. And they would, like, the... Um, I just... Dogs have their language, and we have our language, so my thing is, like, okay, let's create a new language that we both learn together. Uh-huh. And then I could... Like, my cats are trained. Well, at least they know what they're doing is wrong, whether they stop it. That's, that's... I would love to have you back over sometime when all my dogs are here to see how you interact with no, them. No, I'd love that. I'll feed you or something. <laughs> this is three of them, by the way. Let me see. Oh. The husky's not in that photo, but they're hilarious. The, and, oh, uh, and thank God that they smelled the cat before they saw it. Yeah. So I was able to pr- prepare in like half a second, like leaning full back. 
with the leashes. And if I hadn't done that, I would have. They would have broke my nose on the on the on the ground on the ground because you'd been pulled for because I would have been pulled for. Um, so, <laughs> so they have the prey drive. Those two, right? My husky is a silent husky. He doesn't make a noise. They tend to, right? They tend to be husky. really mouthy. Oh, he doesn't do any of that. Huh. So he's stealthy. He's caught a skunk in our yard, ate it, ripped it apart. He's ca- he catches squirrels. He's just back there laying with this dead squirrel, ripping its leg straps off and eating it like all happy. I'm like, ah! <laughs> he's a terrorizer. He could live in the wild, this dog. You know, because he was a stray and he was so skinny. He weighed like 18 pounds less than he does now. Last year, he weighed 41 pounds and now he weighs 60 pounds. It's almost 20 pounds more. He was, he was also just skin and bones, uh-huh. and he'd been astray on the street. So he was living in the wild, but anyway, he could live in the wild. He catches animals. He's just stealthy. He's quiet, and he, Hello. he, look, he looks like a friend. Mm-hmm. He's always smiling. Mm-hmm. And he'll be, have ruined your house. Like, he knows when he's done bad, and I come in, he runs up the stairs, and mm-hmm. papers ripped them over. Like, where did you get this paper? He finds it. Do you ever approach stray animals? I don't see or them. animals on the street. Well, I guess I I see them all the time because I drive. I have a microchip scanner. Oh, cool! And if I can get close enough, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's usually cats. Um, but there are a lot of areas where it's like, oh, it's the neighborhood cat, and they like live. Uh, I've returned several dogs to their homes. Hi. I once I returned this dog, and I knocked on the door, and this woman. Opened the door and she was like, "What?" Like she was so annoyed. Yeah. And I like, I thought you were a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. And I um and I had like my back window like rolled down a little bit and this dog is like sticking his face out of the window and I was like, "Is that your dog?" <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god!" And she had like two other dogs and he like hopped the fence in the back and like that's what happened. In Compton, there was uh, just yesterday posted. There was one huge Rottweiler hit by a car laying there dead. And then like three hours later, a different Rottweiler in Compton also laying there dead. I'm like, I'm like, it was made me scared. It was the same person's Rottweilers that they, I don't know what, like let out and roll, hit one and then chased the other and hit, I don't know. Oh, jeez. But it was really strange. These two Rottweilers that looked identical, fully grown, like 80 pound, you know, big Rottweilers. Dead in the road in Compton in the weird. Mm. And, you know, the Compton Animal uh, Rescue is another rescue that is under investigation right now because they confiscated over 140 animals and put them at Downey, which made the residents' dogs in high danger. And there was over a dozen dead animals on the property. A neighbor's made footage of the dogs eating dead dogs on the property. This is in Compton. That's why they got shut down. And his defense was, oh, I pick up a lot of dead animals as his own service. (laughs) Like, animal control should be doing that because of disease, like all kinds of issues with this. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, I keep them in barrels, but they knock the barrels over. And so that's why they were eating them. I'm like, they shouldn't be that hungry. Uh... You know, and they were all emaciated and what you know they all had issues but he's like oh because i pick up strays and they have health issues and i don't have money to help them it's like then stop taking an animal you know mm-hmm. it's just like this big mess and who knows the truth of if he actually is maybe one of those ones that mm-hmm. are ill so that just happened last week so i worked super hard getting dogs out of downey 
was really successful. I helped like 10, I was a part of like 10 different dogs rescue, including a mom and her pups. She had nine pups and she only has three left because they just kept dying off in the shelter. Her name was Star. They kept dying at puppies? Yeah. It's just, you know, the shelter's outdoors and it looked pretty clean, the kennel, I must say, in the photos. There's supposed to be some sort of vets at these shelters, no? They lost their main vet. Now the guy that comes in is the euthanasia guy that the worker I know doesn't like at all. She says, you know, once he gives them the euthanasia, he tries to immediately throw them into the barrel. And she's like, no, you wait, you check the heartbeat, make sure the heartbeat is stopped. She's like, she has to monitor him. And before, when she first started working there, she walked in on him cutting a dog's head off with an axe because she didn't know the protocol. If a dog has a bite history, when they kill it, they have to cut the head off. But she didn't know that. But the extra twist of it is she's like, he didn't need to be using an axe. He could have used a skill saw, like something a little more precise. And she said the look on his face was disturbing as, you know, he was like enjoying it. All my blood just like moved around my body. <laughs> just... This is what the employee told me about the, the vet that does the euthanasia. So, the, the, yeah, they used to have a main woman there. I guess she quit and they haven't replaced her. So now this guy does his shoddy job at assessing the dogs. And he gets off on killing them. He doesn't give a shit. He's not gentle with them at all. Yeah, before before you said that, I was going to bring up, like, who, you know, like, who are these people that are, like, this is the life path that they want or that they're, no, maybe not, like, that they're pursuing. Who knows what, how much animal? he gets for every shot he gives. Right. I don't know. He has an incentive, too. Like, it could be everybody's incentivized, so therefore the machine continues. Mm -hmm. I wish a journal, a hardcore journalist would really dive into it. Yeah. Like somebody, that's their job, because I'm a photographer. I'm really good at it, <laughs> but uh, I need, I need like, somebody who's super hardcore, you know, like, do undercover, figure it out, like, yeah. get in there, seduce somebody from D&D &D rendering. Mm -hmm. But if anybody works there, you got issues. You're, you're, you're missing an element. Because imagine taking these shelter dogs and just boiling them down and not giving, like, just throwing them in there, and that's your job. Who are those people? <laughs> I'd like to know. That's crazy. Boiling down for glue. Yeah. I love the I, I love that the Chinese take it to feed their eels. Their factory farm eels. They're like, what? <laughs> what? It's American shelter dogs they're using. That's our export. <laughs> Wait. I was just getting them. An article. Are you I just sent it out last night to somebody else, so here we go. The Daily Bulletin posted an article. Wait, what's happening? Open the link. Maybe I have to copy and paste. Come on. I know, we're on the freaking clock, and here I am. Mm -hmm. Wow, time flies. Okay, so you can see, firm gives remains of euthanized pets another use. Tens of thousands of animals are euthanized each year in animal shelters throughout San Bernardino County. It's the same company. That's... Mm -hmm. A few realize that what becomes of the remains of dogs, cats, and critters. Animals that aren't adopted after several days are euthanized with injections and picked up by D&D disposal for a metavernant. Once there, the remains are boiled, ground, and processed into animal byproducts that are then resold for lubricants, polish, soap, cosmetics, pharmaceuticals, gelatin, mm -hmm. and fertilizers. 
as reported by Los Angeles County. That came as a surprise to some officials at the Humane Society, which also contracts D&D and plans to review the way its remains are handled to ensure the process is consistent with the wishes of people who drop off animals. It's like, how about you keep your animal and figure it out? And also, I mean, this goes on and on. I'm going to send you this link. Please do. What was that going on about? They call it animal byproducts. It's dead animals, not an animal. Yeah, like I say, it's just like the the products will be given a name, like gelatin. I'll just say gelatin, and you're like, oh, it's just the pig. It's like marshmallow stuff. They can can do it plant-based as well now. They have the plant-based. So people just assume it's kosher, it's cool, it's fine. It's like it's actually shelter animals in your cosmetics. If it says these key words, that's what's used. People don't want to believe it. They're like, mm, probably not though, or I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look the other way and pretend I didn't hear that. So you're, I mean, people that eat regular meats that are factory farmed. You know, there's a lot of stress and sadness in those animals, and then you're also wiping it on your skin for absorption. You know, these poor animals that get dropped off by their owners and are scared and alone and don't act right in their kennel. They act scared. They don't get adopted. They just get killed. It's a sad story, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're just, like, lathering your body up with it. Yeah, yeah you better check out. We've all done it. Oh, yeah. We've all... Uh. I mean, when I go to restaurants, I still eat birds and fish, and I have for the last 10 years, but I cut out cows and pigs so i'll never eat a pig again in my life they're so sweet i mean i'm not a cow either but i uh, like a, a couple times a month i have bison meat because they're not factory farmed mm-hmm. they're actually nearsighted and so they don't fear the blade so to speak okay. they're not afraid of death so they don't get the fear thing in the or they they're considered not afraid of death because they can't see the, the blade coming um anyway what's my point oh so when i do buy meats i buy organic and groovy and free-range and expensive elk and try to get wild meats if i go to a restaurant though i'm like oh i'll get i'll have the chicken and the blah 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 freaking i know that stuff isn't good but yet i do it's a disconnect you're like i'm at a restaurant i'll I'll order this chicken dish but you know that chicken probably couldn't turn around its cage and its feet probably grew around the bottom i've done several school School projects on factory farming. So disturbing. Are you a vegetarian or? No, I'm not a vegetarian. Yeah, I eat. I eat everything. I'm also not a picky eater. Like you could put anything in front of me and I'd be like, solid. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty good stuff. Uh, I want to try elk. I heard, I've heard that that's really yeah. good for you yeah. in comparison to so much. I mean, I- wild meats. You know, animals that are in the wild living their life or open range, not in a factory setting is going to be a better meat for your body and soul. Slow fat as well. I mean, you can make, I have elk in my fridge. You can make elk tacos, you know, just put taco seasoning on the yeah, yeah. meat, put them in crunchy tacos. You're like, woohoo. Have you ever been to a factory farm? Not been. When I was 16 years old, I did a cycling trip from Charleston, South Carolina to San Diego. Across the whole country. What? Yeah. I'm pretty cool. Shut <laughs> up. And in, anyway, so down, way down Southern California, like in the days before we were like on the Mexico border, like where the wall or wall, what's it? Just big fence. What what months did you do this in? Uh, the worst month. To Don't do tell me July. July and August. Crazy. Yeah. You can't. That's a September, late September trip. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, you're supposed to but, train for it, but you can't train for Texas in August with no, for a week in Texas with no shade anywhere. Just gotta get up at 4 a.m. and be done by noon. That's what, when we went through deserts, we got up really early. And I was, I was, there were like 11 kids on it, and I was one of three that never had to go in the support car. So I did every, every inch, which I'm proud of. Fantastic. But circling back, factory farms in Southern California, we, we biked past a lot of them. Um, driving past probably wouldn't be so bad, but biking, the smell is just atrocious. And you can see... Like, beyond menorah, you mean like death? Like death. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't smell like shit. It smells like shit and death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a... A shit death sandwich. It's a... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, it's really bad. But you didn't go in. You just no, feel like really close. And I think meat should be really, really expensive. Or if you're sick, it's free. If you're sick, you get it for free. Otherwise, it's expensive. It should be a delicacy. We don't need to be abusing animals. You don't need to eat meat two meals a day or every day. Your body would be absolutely stoked to have meat once or twice a week. Yeah. But we're gluttons, and we're told we we have a system going that's pumping this crap out because everybody's making money, and da, 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 you know, just totally overdoing it mm. and exasperating everything, including the environment. You know, the, the greenhouse gases on da 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 of the cows. Yeah, and red meat red meat isn't good, supposed to be. That's not good for you, is it? Is that a th- not an everyday a red meat? Is it should be a delicacy. It is good for you, the iron levels, but you can also get a lot of iron from greens like mixed greens dark greens leafy yeah. greens yeah. is a great source of iron so i was a vegetarian for three years when i lived in ireland randomly and i thought i'd never eat meat again and then i, I started eating meat again point being i found meat has an x factor i don't know if the scientists have really dialed in on this x factor but when I started eating meat, I just shh, and went one, one month of eating meat again, my whole body tightened up. I went down two sizes. All my muscles like retightened, even though I was eating all the greens and doing all the things to supplement the vitamins you get from meat. I think meat, I don't know if it's a spirit module thing, or what level, but there's an X factor in meat. And unfortunately, my body needed it. I don't, and I have a vegetarian blood type technically because I'm a A positive blood type, and that's a newer blood for vegetarianism. Hmm. So I thought I'd be like ready, set, go with vegetarianism, but it did not work for my body. My body kind of just went mushy. Anyway, and I'm like naturally muscular, just I just have a muscular structure. And so, yeah, when I started eating meat, tightened right back up. Hmm. That's that story. Everybody's different, though. I did um, uh, a podcast with. With a woman who she cured herself or brought herself to like a better state of like being, but with like a with a fruit only diet, where she would just eat fruit. Vegetarian. So yeah. So and then there are people who only eat meat, just straight carnivores, and they're doing fine. So just everybody's like I guess. I know different. There's a carnivore diet as well for cancer patients because it switches your body over from feeding off glucose to feeding off of. It makes your body shift to burn a different way, so then it attacks the cancer if you only eat meat. But then there's people who swear by not eating any meat while you have cancer and only eating organic greens. I don't know. It's a clusterfuck of shit. (laughs) It's a clusterfuck. And then there's the animal thing, what they should be eating too. You know, the grain-free diet 
you're like, oh, this is all grain free. And then they're like, no, it's that grain. Some grains are actually good for animals. And that debate is out. Oh, I just want to throw this in real quick. Yeah. I feed my dogs origin dog food that, you know, is a high protein rate and it's great. Well, the Mars company bought it. The Mars company is tied into animal rendering. They put the shelter pets back in animal food, dog food. So for six months after they bought Origin last year, they were using the same facility and it was the same manufacturer. Now it's switched to their manufacturing and the food went from a deep dark brown to a very light bright brown. And I need to switch the family <laughs> shit. So I'm just throwing that out there. The Mars Corporation is all about animal byproducts and putting it back in their food. You know, dogs and cats eating dogs and cats. So messed up. See, see who owns your dog food company or cat food company. Make sure they're not involved in any nonsense. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Throwing that in while we're talking about food. <laughs> so thanks for yeah, thanks for coming to talk about the doggies. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. My pleasure. I learned a lot. Never help out when you can. If you can't foster or adopt, you can always repost on your next door in your neighborhoods or just mentioning to a friend you might know who's looking for a dog. They could follow one of the accounts on Instagram. Yeah. Check your products for <laughs> for gelatin and yeah. other nonsense words. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Okay, Buckwheat. Thanks. My closing is bye-bye. Thank you.